Frank, I hate security. I know, I know. I uh, I already know what we're going to talk about today, so I'm just going to say it. Everyone, we are dealing with the sandbox. We've been dealing with it for 10 years, 12 years, 30 years. I don't know. It's been a whole lifetime. And James, it's wonderful because you and I have been chit-chatting about the sandbox again because what? You're, you're changing your file IO in your app or something? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. People ask for features, Ugh. and it's way more work than it was probably even worth to implement at the end. Now, here's was it a feature or a bug? Uh, no, a feature. This okay. is a 100% feature request of my application. Okay, so what we're talking about here is file access inside of a sandbox application. And I love the sandbox, Frank. I think the sandbox, I love the app store. The deploy, the, you get so many benefits. We've talked about on this on this on this podcast before. You do get security for your app. You get auto updating for your app. You get in app purchases for your app. You get a seamless testing experience with TestFlight um, and through the the Windows App Store. I mean, there's so much to like about sandboxing. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty effective. I'd say it's worked out to the point where pretty much everyone's adopted it. And no matter what platform you're on, you seem to be get sandboxed somehow or another. So, I mean, even like it or not, we're stuck with it. And it does, I, I do like it for the fact that you can't really mess up your system when you're doing development and things like that. That's kind of nice. That isolation helps during development too. Uh, I will say the sandbox not perfect though you can still crash computers you can crash uh ios it's pretty easy but um otherwise i think they've succeeded in their role but then there's the security part too yes and you frank have been talking about this for a year now and we've been wanting to record a (laughs) podcast on it for five years now since we started the podcast (laughs) now and i and in my tweets i I tweeted to you, I said, we may have covered some of this before. May, I, I couldn't find an episode on it mm. or or maybe it was a lightning topic or something like that. I'm not really positive. But if this is, an, you know, we've done so many podcasts, Frank, that I don't even know what we've talked about in the past anymore. I've given up trying to understand enough. what we do. True that. Um, the, here's the problem, folks, is when you want to write files or read files, it is extremely easy and recommended on <laughs> and android too by the way okay. and windows okay okay all of them they Ooh. all have this problem all of them okay got it uh we're, we'll specifically be talking about ios and mac os today because that's mm-hmm. where i'm implementing this thing and i'm ignoring just, windows for now <laughs> we're dying slowly yes. dying <laughs> so uh when you want to read and write things in a sandbox you um, are recommended to keep those files in the sandbox. Yes. Uh, so the operating system, it's documented somewhere. <laughs> There's a bunch of uh, defined paths where you are allowed to write files. And most of the time on iOS, we used to just dump everything in users' documents folder. But that's not quite right. There's application support directories. There's cache directories, which are kind of nice because they'll get emptied by the operating system. Uh, There are directories that get backed up along with your apps back up. So that's really nice. You want to make sure you're writing to those kinds of directories. Uh, It's 
that that was it for iOS up to about version three or four ish. That, that was the extent of what you were allowed to touch. I actually kind of liked it back in the day. Remember, we used to use like isolated storage in .NET too. Oh yeah. Um, I I loved it because uh, yeah, it, it seemed like a good security model, and honestly, it kept your app simple. Uh, the only data that ever existed was. Well, whatever you download from the internet, I guess. <laughs> Fair game there. But it's whatever shipped with your app and whatever your app has created. It was a pretty simple model to keep in your head. Yeah, and for my stream timer, the application that I have on Windows and Mac, this is an application, the only application that I really create in which I am, you know, writing files to disk right. <laughs> and and having other applications read them. Now I do this, like if I use monkey cache to cache documents, they're written to your storage, but it's the only time that I expose to my users that where the files are written are important, right? It's because it writes a file to a disk every second and updates this, this thing with the, the timestamp and, and other applications read this information. So I actually have to give the user this URL and and when it's sandboxed, it's actually inside of an app container. So you can think of it almost if you're into the world of Docker, you're in this container, the container can't reach out of it. There's probably a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this instance, right, it's really recommended to keep it in the container. So this has been fine. But then I well, had a user well, that didn't want I, to do that. Let me interject. It's not fine, James. <laughs> it was fine for you because you were writing one file per app or something. I have mm. somehow managed to always write apps that are file based on an operating system that hates files. True. Yeah. So I've been dealing with this thing (laughs) since iOS 3.2 when I released iCircuit. It's been nasty since the beginning. Uh, We didn't even have the document picker. We didn't have the file picker before. Mm. I had to write my own browsers and everything that stayed within the sandbox. But then I would install libraries like Dropbox and... Uh, Facebook and uh, Microsoft, whatever, and they would integrate in, but I would still have to build my own UIs around that, still working within the constraints of the sandbox and then figure out how to cache all that stuff. So uh, we're about to do a lot of complaining on this episode, I'm sure. But I want to put a little bit of it in perspective and say file stuff has always been hard on iOS. And honestly, even with all the all the complaining we're about to do for the next, who knows, 10 hours. Um, it's still it's a tiny bit better than it used to be. Uh, file access has just been terrible forever. You, you know, and one thing that is is nice, uh, you mentioned some some keywords earlier, some APIs that are available. The The reason I've mostly been, of, been able to get around actually understanding how the security model of file access works on these different platforms is because Google, Apple, and Windows have done a lot of this for me and, and the .NET team. Like if you just write a file into your application stuff, it just does it. It's like, yeah, you're yeah. scoped, you're you're fine. You're inside the container. Posix works. Unix yeah. works within your container. All your standard system IO stuff, it works fine works. within your container. None of what we're about to talk about applies. Just use that stuff. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Now, if you want to use, you know, allow your users to pick a file or save a file or pick a folder, this also works very nice, Frank, because the document pickers and the share sheets and the folder pickers and the panels, all that stuff, they handle a lot of this for you under the hood. If you're like, I have this file, I want to write this file over there. 
like it will do it for you. Like it handles the permissions because what has happened here, what I realized is that the operating systems that are in, in your apps in a sandbox, if you are giving your user permission to pick or, or choose or write a file to a specific location, they've chosen the desktop. So what the operating system does is it says, you're using one of our nice little helper things where you want to, you want to write a file over here. Oh, cool. Like we're going to allow the user to pick the location uh, of that file or pick that file. And we will actually temporarily give your app like blessing to <laughs> access that location only for a little bit. Only for a little bit. But you don't know. It doesn't then you just call the file.read or file.write. Well, and you're good. Mostly. For for, for a bit. Lots of caveats, but yes, absolutely. You nailed it. Uh, that is the security model. The security model is you are not allowed to touch anything outside of your container unless the user picks it. Like literally yeah. clicks. <laughs> and then you are given what is called a security scoped NS URL. It acts mm -hmm. like an NS URL. And anyone who's done Apple programming knows all your file stuff is done with NS URLs. That's kind of their file system abstraction. So think of it as a path. But in this case, it's more than just a path because it's carrying around the security token within it also. So I've seen some people make a mistake and they think just because they got the security backed NS URL that they can all of a sudden go read and write to that file path. That may or may not work, honestly, depending on whether you happen to be on the UI thread at the same time and a few other things. But you are really not allowed to do that. What you're supposed to do is access the file through the NS URL itself. And so for that, it changes a little bit of application architecture because you actually have to keep this NS URL around in your app. If you ever want to like open the file, read it, write it later, read it again, write it later, you're going to have to keep that NS URL around the path itself won't be enough because you need that security token. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's still things that I'm learning, to be honest with you, um, because in my testing, it's mostly been okay, but it no, also seems no. like sometimes it's not fire. okay. <laughs> no, I promise you. There are very specific ways in which you're supposed to handle this. So when you get a security-backed NS URL, you can query the NS URL to ask if it's security-backed. It might even be a property on it. It's definitely, it's in, there's like a key value store associated with every NS URL, and it's in that key value store inside of there. And what you're supposed to do, now this is terrible. Can I tell you what you're supposed to do? And then yes, I can tell you what you can minimally do. <laughs> Here's what you're supposed to do, everyone. <laughs> when you want to access the file that that URL points to, you're supposed to start by calling a function, start accessing security scoped resource. That signals to the operating system that uh, not only do you have the security token, but you want to assert it. You're actually going to push. You actually want to access that resource. This is the fun part now. Now you're supposed to open an NS file presenter. You're supposed to signal to all other apps that you are now going to read this file. This is important because if the file, let's say, is on an iPad, but you're on a Mac and you're viewing it on the Mac, it might want to do a synchronization right then. So this file presenter is a signal to the operating system that we want to synchronize right now. 
So you have to do that. Very important, James. Then you still can't access the file. You now have to use an NS file manager and tell it exactly how you're going to access the file. Are you going to read to it? Are you going to write to it? Are you going to delete it? Blah, 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 blah. And then that will give you a second URL. And now you have the privilege to access that second URL. And then the operating system will take care of all the synchronization and everything else itself. Doesn't that sound wonderful, James? Sounds ideal to me, Frank. That sounds like exactly what I want to do. Now, Frank, though, you know, if I have these URLs, what happens if, like, if the user closes my app? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, that's a whole different... You, no, no, you're, you're, you're out of luck, buddy. The, the user has to go select the file again. It's impossible. What could you possibly do? Incorrect, Frank, because let me tell you, all you got to do is take that NSURL data that you get back and turn it into something magical called a bookmark, Frank, a bookmark. It's so magical. Just wait till you use the API. It's so magical. But I'm sorry, I just have to finish my long um, diatribe from before. I want to mm. say the minimal thing that you should do, James, is call those start accessing security scoped thing and stop accessing security scoped thing. That's minimally enough. And that'll guarantee that you actually have the permissions on the file when you actually want to touch it. That's what I'm doing currently. So right now I'm really lucky because Frank talked to me into using <laughs> activities, NS process <laughs> activities properly when doing stuff with IDs and long running. Pro this, as a whole, we did a whole episode on this thing. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Anyways, just make sure that the process doesn't fall asleep. So what's nice is. Um, whenever I start these activities, I start, um, you know, accessing yeah. the security scope resources. Um, and when I stop all of them, I stop them because you don't want to leak those precious kernel resources, <laughs> uh, Frank. Um, so that is what I'm doing in general to begin with. And, and so, so let me get back also to why I needed to do this, right? Because forever I've just written data to the container and that yeah. was completely fine like other Life applications <laughs> yeah other applications can access that stuff it's no big deal like other apps can get into your container it's totally fine it's especially if they're not sandbox it's not a big deal especially if the user selects the file if the user selects yeah. it it's that's the whole it's not a whole that's the way the security system works it's allowed and it and in fact other applications require that you pick it. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um and to read this file, which is which is really good. I had a user though that was like, "Hey, I don't want you to write to this file every second on my SSD. I want to put it on a secondary drive." Uh-oh. Okay. The uh-oh came from I use this video editing software. Um it's really nice, DaVinci Resolve. Mhm. Mm yep. It's very nice. The problem is they've really screwed up their Mac security model. And every time I open it, it asks like six dialogues worth of, can I access a volume? Can I access yeah. a volume? Can I access a volume? So the uh oh is um, sometimes volumes have gotten their own weird security stuff in Mac 11 and 12. And here's what's interesting about that, Frank, is I thought all I needed to do was add those special attributes into my info P list. But let me rest assure you that that doesn't matter at all if your app is sandboxed. <laughs> because if your app is sandboxed, none of that stuff matters because it's all security scope files at that point. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, it, it's in some ways, I think it's good. I never really liked your path. I think you always should have had a final picker, if I'm honest. Um, but um, you were living the good life. You were living on borrowed time. It, it was it was just a matter of moments until you would have to implement this stuff. Yeah, and there's two routes that I could have gone as well. So actually, inside of the security scoped um, bookmarking shenanigans, we haven't gotten to bookmarking yet, but inside of the security scope stuff, you can... Um, you can specify in your entitlements if you want um, something called like app scoping or um, document scoping. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I, 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 I took a deep breath because, oh, my God, the details here are so complicated. Everyone go read the docs before you choose yeah. which one you want. But sorry, please continue and I'll, I'll fix whatever you said wrong. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Well, so from reading the documentation, really, the app scoped bookmarking is is um, persisting access to a specific file or folder. Yeah. Document is for only specific files. Yep, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Okay, so the problem we have, we're diving into bookmarking, I guess. So you have this NSURL. It's beautiful. It has a security scope. It's beautiful. The user selected it. We're good. But then the app crashes, and you want to be able to access that file again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so a great example of this is I was like, oh, this is going to – so this is what I thought, Frank. I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, this is super easy. I'm going to I'm gonna use the NS open panel or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, the NS panel. And it's going to be this beautiful picker. And I asynced the way to fight it with task completion Ooh. sorts. It was beautiful. I was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and I got back this URL and I was like, this is great. I'm like, yeah, I, I have this URL. I test, I can write to it. I'm, I'm writing files nonstop, Frank. I'm like, these <laughs> files, woo files, files everywhere. <laughs> and then I closed the app and I reopened it and it's like, nah, nah, I don't think so. Nah, bro. Yeah, you, you yeah, don't nah. No security for you. No, that's because that, security token that you talked about earlier uh, no no longer valid no no how were you even saving it were you saving the file path or were you saving the nse url i was saving the um file Ooh, great question and i'm glad that you asked i was saving the um what was i saving it's oh compl- no right here it's here it's here mm. i was saving the the panel gives you a URL and I was saving the relative path. Yeah. Yep. Can't do it because the path is just a string. It doesn't carry any of the security tokens with it. Mm -hmm. Very unfortunate, sad frown face. (laughs) So what you have to do is while your app is alive, you have to keep that NSE URL around and in memory because you don't want to lose that security token. But when uh, you want to save that file way to be opened later, instead of saving the path, what you have to do is two steps, (laughs) create this thing called a bookmark, and then save that bookmark somewhere. And it's not actually too bad of a process. It's just a function sitting there on NSURLs. What is it even called? Like create bookmark or something like that. Create bookmark data. Beautiful. Gives you some NS data back. Yeah. And if you haven't used NS data before, it's just a byte array. It's just yeah. a fancy name for a byte array. So it gives you a hunk, it gives you a bunch of bytes back. You gotta save those bytes somewhere. They're not a string though. So you need to save them away in a binary format or something like that. You could convert it to base 64 or something if you're being crazy. The tricky part now is when you want to get that NS URL back, you gotta go get those bytes, put them in an NS data. 
And then you can rehydrate, bring back that NSURL from that bookmark data. Mm-hmm. It's not too bad of a process. So did you get that far? Did you enjoy it? I did get that far. Yes. So the things that I do, well, so the documentation, I love the doc. I love Apple because <laughs> Apple's like, they go in here and they're like, um, Look, you bro. know, well, they're like the app, the app scope bookmark. They're like, let's say your app employs a process where you download stuff and you use an NS open panel. I'm like, I'm with you. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And you want to save stuff to a specific folder. I'm like that. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Apple. You're, I'm, you're I'm reading here my for mind. This. <laughs> let's it's go. Like, it's like, then uh, create an app scope bookmark for the folder and store it as part of the apps configuration. I'm like, that's cool. And they're like, perhaps, perhaps maybe you would save this in NS user default. Who knows? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're bites man you put those bites wherever you want no you put them wherever you want and then it says with the apps go bookmark you can uh the app can obtain future access to the folder and that's it so i've done that and i shove all the data into ns user ns user defaults shove it in there boom it's probably fine i i forget how big it is but i think it comes out around 500 bytes or something it's not that yeah. big so you you can put it a lot of different places. they recommend it they recommend it frank yeah and you can shove just an ns data blob into ns into standard user defaults like you just shove it in there and you just opened up a rat's nest like you won't believe because you mentioned the the naughty word folder <laughs> mm, i did yeah uh, the rules for how you access folders and files, while very similar, have wonderful little deviations from each other and all that kind of stuff. So let me, we, let's pretend we've just been talking about files, but now let's talk about folders for a moment. So this is important to me because if I want someone to open a solution in, say, continuous, so let's say they're in their favorite Git editor on an iPad. And they see a .sln file, and they're like, ooh, I want to use Frank's app to go edit that file. That sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. They click that file. They share it with my app. You can do that. It calls open URL. You get an NS URL. All these security things apply. The thing is, I only have access to that .sln file at that point. I mm-hmm. do not have a security token for the folder it's in or any of the subfolders or anything like that. And so what my app has to do is check if it's ever gotten a bookmark for that folder before, and then it has to pop up a dialogue and explain to the poor, poor user, look, I'm sorry, I get it. You're opening a solution file, but I'm going to have to ask you now to open the folder that contains the solution file. Super embarrassed, frown emoji, but security. Moving on. So I have to do that because I want the nice thing about a folder is once you have security access to a folder, you get everything inside that folder, too. Yes, that is correct. That is the nice thing about that. With one more caveat, uh, (laughs) all those things still have to be accessed through NSURLs. Well, most importantly, though, you still have to call that start accessing security scope thing on the folder, not on the files, but the folder. Correct. Yeah. Because the user has picked, that's the important part. It's what the user yeah. picked. Remember, that's your your scope is what did you let them now you can use NS open panel 
And you can specify if they can pick multiple files, a single file or a mm-hmm. folder, right? So I say you can only pick a folder and go to town there, basically. Of, so of you getting... are doing folder. Okay. I didn't know Full that. Folder. I thought you were doing files, but that makes sense because you have multiple timers, I guess, that can go simultaneously or whatever. Yeah, because I write like five or six files inside of there. And then additionally, how I how I check to see if you have write permission is I attempt to write a file to the folder. Attempt, you know. <laughs> yeah, does it work? Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we didn't bring up one more lovely little detail. So y- you've created a bookmark. You threw it somewhere. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Now you brought the bytes back. Now you tried to create a URL from it. That operation is allowed to fail. Uh, it's right in the docs. Uh, when you try to rehydrate those bytes, you could get a null NSURL back. Mm-hmm. And at that point... Um, there is actually a nice little function you can say like re-request or something like that. It'll try to update the security token. That can also fail. If that fails, then it's up to you to present user interface to the user and be like, hashtag super sorry, but uh, I need you to go pick that folder again. Yeah. That is, I'm in the early days. So I have not done some of that yet. So right now I try, <laughs> catch, and do nothing, which is probably Great. not ideal. <laughs> nope. Um, it will happen. I, because yeah. here, here's what's actually super cool about the... I'm sorry if I just stepped on you. But um, no. the best part of these bookmarks is that because they work outside of the sandbox, it's up to Apple and Apple servers to track them. Mm. And what's neat is, let's say a Git app serves me that one file. And maybe the person moves that file around within the directories or something, or even, I don't know, device to device, all that stuff, all that syncing. My bookmark to that file, it not only contains the security scope, but enough information to Apple to know how to go find that file. Mm. So if the file came from an iPad, but I'm accessing it on the Mac, that's totally fine. Uh, Apple will deal with all the translations and everything. That's what's kind of super nice about the bookmarks, too, is that once the user has selected the file, and as long as it keeps hydrating, um, it, it can handle the file moving around. Yeah. No, I love that's that. true. Yeah, I actually had it where I deleted the folder, and then I created a new folder, and it still worked because it's like, oh, it's still the, it's the same folder, which oh, that's, is interesting. Yeah. I don't fully know all the rules, <laughs> you know, like, can you yeah. ever like really delete a folder? Like, yeah. How much, yeah. how much tracking does it do? Now, Frank, I got to mention one more thing. Cause you forgot one of the most important aspects of, of oh, no. creating and getting the bookmark. Wait, wait, you, you... wait, wait, no. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of you. I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay. I got, I got, I got the, I got the data, right? Mm. I got the data. I get the bookmark data and then that gives me a url now that could error that could give me an error but it can also mm-hmm. give me one more thing frank do you know what that thing could be oh i'm excited i, I now i'm worried if i'm handling this thing so I, uh, you better say something i know uh give oh. it to me well there's a nice outvar that you pass it which is a boolean flag that tells you if it is stale right Right. Um, I think I might have got confused. I thought it returned null uh, for the stale one. So it's the Boolean. Yep. That's what's important. Um, so for it, the stale... It, it might return you null, by the way. Who knows at this point? I'm sure it's Apple. They love null. <laughs> so catch that one also. Um, so does stale mean that you can re-request access? Or does stale mean you have to present to the user again? 
No. So in that instance, you you request to make new bookmark data. Yeah. Now I don't actually know what you do because there's 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 literally an outvar is stale outvar error an NS error. Like yeah. I don't actually know if you do if it's an error. I think the error means you need to prompt them to repick it. No. Yeah. All they're saying is your data bytes need to be updated. Yeah. You you have old data bytes. Like the files still still there. Security permissions are all still good. They just want you to update your bytes. They just want you to update your bookmark data. Yeah. That's it. So that's good. Now, now that you, now that I've recalled all that stuff. So that's nice because uh, you still have access to the URL at that point. Yeah. There is. Can't get easier than that, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're not no. even going through NS File Manager. I love it. You're not... <laughs> No, I'm not no. in general. Yeah. So, okay. Here's, here's what it says. I'm in the, I love Objective-C. The, UR, the URL by resolving bookmark data options relative to URL bookmark data is stale error. TLDR. Um, yep. Instance type. So um, what's nice here. So is stale is on return. If yes, the bookmark data is stale. Your app should create a new bookmark using the returned URL. So it'll return you a URL, but it's not good. And use it in place of any sort of copies of the existing bookmark. And then error, it says the error that occurred in the case of the URL cannot be doesn't tell you what to do, but it's definitely there's an error. Yeah. Um, well, if, yeah, if it's an error, your app has to make the logical choice of can I live without this URL or do I have to prompt the user again? Yeah. So what you need to do is you need to say, get the URL. If it's an error, do something. But if it's stale, create a new bookmark data, store that bookmark data, and then get. Well, at that point, you don't really need to get the bookmark data back, but you might as well get it get a new url if from they it. give you a new url you are supposed to recreate the bookmark data oh that's right yeah th sorry yeah. Ooh, you're right so here's the flow that i have which here's my flow <laughs> go see if there's bookmark data available right roger so if there is no just bookmark bites. data just bytes just bytes because if there is none then they're storing in the default location i don't care but try to then get the ns url from the bookmark data now Correct. if that is stale Take that stale URL, go create new bookmark data, store that bookmark data in NS user defaults, Correct. and then get a new NS URL from that bookmark data. No, you don't it's have new. to. You no, don't it's have new. The, the one it returns you, it should be good. No, it doesn't. Because here's the thing. If it's stale, Frank, you need to use the stale one to create new bookmark data that does not update the URL, you need to go get a new URL from the newly created bookmark. Yeah, it's totally true, Frank. I'm going to agree with you code, only dude. because I haven't done it in two years. <laughs> so I don't remember all the details. So it sounds a little fishy, but I'd have to read the docs again. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nope. And then you can start accessing security scope resources. And Frank, you can go look at my data lines, 133 <laughs> to 144. That's, That's right. Your code. Ten, I don't trust 10 lines it. Of, it's, it's not great code at all. It doesn't even, it does try to catch and goes to town. But, um, yeah, so that's sort of the that's what's happening in my code, Frank, and it's gross and it's ugly. Now, yeah. now, now, here's the thing. You mentioned something earlier. Maybe this is my problem. Is I also do not. James, can I just read you from the Apple Docs? Oh my gosh! Here we go. Go ahead. Okay. Go it'll, ahead. it'll be short. 
If it is no. stale, the bookmark data is stale. Your app should create a new bookmark using the returned URL. Yeah. Yeah. I said that. Okay. Maybe we we're miscommunicating. Oh, but you think that the you oh you think that the URL is still valid with the state from yes. you created all from they're telling the you is to go update your data bytes. That's all they're telling you. Yeah, the URL should still be good at that point that they give you. But, yeah. but they want okay. you to update your data points. And I think somewhere even deeper in the docs, they explain this happens when a file moves, basically. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Now, um, one thing I'm not doing is I am still using file write all text i'm not you, using ns file manager yeah you can get away with that it's okay uh the places where that's harmful are when you're on like an icloud drive or a dropbox mm. on one of the sinky ones but even then honestly you can get away with a lot if the files aren't too huge or anything okay. like that yeah uh you really should use an nfl manager but i get it i i don't do it all the time one thing to absolutely watch out for is the NS URLs that the operating system will give you in the various file pickers, document pickers, open panels, drag and drop. We haven't mentioned drag and drop, no, but NS yeah. URLs can come from drag and drop mm -hmm. uh, from open URL. They can come from so many different places. Do not trust that URL.path or .file path is in any way a valid file path. It might actually be the text. This is not a file path. Mm. It's not guaranteed. If you actually need a pathy path, like something that you want to store as a string. And again, you can't. This is the path you would use if you're using system.io. So it's important. Yeah. What you have to make sure you say is either URL.fileURL.path or .file path. One, not all of them actually resolve to an operating system path i found that relative path seems to resolve correctly okay but be careful because i had a lot of assumptions and then i did drag and drop and mm. the urls they give you are crazy the most surefire way i've found is whatever your url is dot file url dot path that's kind of the most guaranteed uh, one but mine's a folder it doesn't matter in this oh, case. Yeah, all all NSUR, I know, it's poorly named. <laughs> uh, the, the only thing that distinguishes in the URL world is there is yet another key value property on a URL saying whether it's a folder or not. And they handle that translation correctly. Yeah. Anyways, this is my life and I hate it. And no. um, Try don't... running an IDE that wants to randomly access files anywhere. <laughs> That's the problem now. And the other problem I have, Frank, t is testing this. So let me get back to one other thing I tweeted and you were, you were the only one that responded, but it seems terrible. So now let's say I'm running my application under debug. Like I'm just, I'm in VS for Mac. I'm in Xcode. I'm just hitting debug, right? I'm just like, ah, oh, debug, mm -hmm. this is great. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing <laughs> is when you say, hey, give me the default path, you're not sandboxed at that point. No. So it's like, hey, Here's Everything the document works. folder. Everything works. And in oh, fact, yeah. you need to, and in fact, you need to have those permissions in the folder so it can pop up and say, hey, do you really, actually on Mac, you don't need them. But if you want to create a, a string to display, you can do that. But if you try to go right to the um, uh, a network attached storage, or let's say an mm -hmm. external drive, it'll pop up the permission, it'll do it for you. So to test Sandbox, 
you have to be in sandbox. And Frank, here's what I've been doing. And you can tell me how wrong this is, is I write all my code. I imagine that it's work. I, <laughs> I imagine that it's working. I bundle yeah. it up. I archive it. I send it to um, the oh, App no. Store Connect via oh, transporter. No. And then I suck it down 10 minutes later via test flight after I delete my OBJ and my bin oh, no. file. So it doesn't think I have it installed. And <laughs> then I'm sandboxed and I can test it correctly. That's my that's what I've been doing, Frank. I want to preface everything I'm about to say with, I love how you abuse <laughs> the App Store sandbox. I, I, I mean, uh, the whatever, test flight. I love it, James. You're, Thank you. You're a role model. I'm always like, I should be nice to the Apple servers. And you're just all like, nope, changed a line of code. Better upload a new one. Give me a new one. No, no, it's all easier than that, James. It's actually just like iOS development. What you have to do is <laughs> go register your Mac up at the profiles thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to get a Mac development signing certificate. Actually, nowadays, it's a little easier. You can still just use your Apple signing certificate. They finally united them. You have to create an app ID for your app. Hopefully, you've already done that. Yep. You have to create a provisioning profile, a developer provisioning profile, not a distribution one, mm -hmm. and associate your computer with that. You must then download said provisioning profile and install it. You double-click, and it installs. Now... You are all set. You can go into Visual Studio, clickety-click, tell it whatever cert you used, whatever uh, profile you used, and you are good to go. The debugger actually runs just fine inside of the sandbox. It's not an issue at all. And truth is, I never do it. <laughs> um, testing the sandbox, I kind of reserve for weeks where I test the sandbox. But there are apps where there are just fundamental parts of the app that I couldn't use without actually being in the sandbox. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go through all those steps. It's terrible, but you're honestly pretty used to it from iOS. So it's fine. That's true. That makes sense because, well, th and that's a, the funky part, right? Is like you're, if you're on a simulator, you can't really get in the sandbox. You need to put it on a device to get in the sandbox. That's true, too. But the simulator has at least like its own weird folders and everything that are true, not where they would normally be. But you're right on the Mac when you're outside of the sandbox and you ask for the documents folder, it gives you the user's documents folder. It's scary. I don't want that. I am so used to actually to iOS that it freaked me out the first time I saw that. So I yeah. would say it, it is actually worth um, doing development in the sandbox. It adds a tiny itsy bitsy amount of time to the compile time. Um, but at least then you're sure that like all the networking you're doing is right. It guarantees that you get your entitlements right. It's the mm. worst thing trying to debug entitlement errors um, yeah. from builds. I should also say um, some of the things that we discussed actually require a few entitlements. Like there is an entitlement on Mac to allow um, security to files that the user picks. And I'm not sure if you, that's on by default. So you might want to no. check box it in the entitlements. There is also a full disk access entitlement that you can check, but um, I've never tried to get an app approved with that. And I, I've really considered it for continuous. Uh, it's not allowed on iOS, so throw that thought away. But on Mac, I guess they approve some apps with it. Who knows? Yeah. So the entitlements there, so there are a few that you need to know about. One 
by the way, there's an entitlement called App Sandbox, and that's actually on by default when you create a new app. Most important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most important. Then there's another one, which I believe is on by default. I didn't add this one, so it must have been by the default template, but it's user sel- uh, files, user-selected rewrite. Right. That one's actually important. Um, yeah, and I only bring it up because I believe like the F-sharp template is missing it, and I'm always like mm. shocked. I'm like, why isn't this working? Ah, security. Yeah. Yeah. And then this other one is you need to add the app scope or the document scope that we talked about earlier, true or false, into your entitlements, which are important. You need to add those in there. Um, funnily enough, at some point, they stopped requiring them, and then they started requiring them again. Um, <laughs> even crazy. more, yeah, even more details, too. Uh, you're not doing iOS, but there's even more to it. Um, the way the document pickers work is different depending on what's in your info p list file specifically mm. there is uh an option of whether you can open documents in place that's kind of the the words to go check for in the info yeah. p list and what you want is if you if you check that then you'll be able to do all the stuff we've been talking about in this episode all the security stuff the bookmarking all that it works so go turn that on alternatively um if, if you don't want that, what happens is you can still use those dialogues, but Apple copies the file into your container and then gives you a URL to that copied version of the file. Mm. So it's a really important distinction to have. Um, so that is controlled primarily through the info P list. But even when you open the file picker, you can tell it. Uh, whether to, I believe they call it import, whether to import this file uh, yeah. or whether you're going to attempt to open it in place. If you yeah. import it, it comes into your container. In place means you get one of these security scoped NS URLs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and the the full disk read access stuff, um, I, I'm i pretty sure they really, 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 really don't want you to do that. I had a discussion with an Apple tester about that specifically because <laughs> I before I learned all about this stuff, I was really confused because I was debugging, I was in normal mode, and I didn't understand about the security scope stuff. So I thought when I was debugging, I was like, well, I, I get a pop-up about documents and removable storage. And and I, even in my documentation, I had like, just give me, like you can add any application to have full disk right. access, <laughs> but it doesn't matter if the app doesn't request and it's not approved by Apple. It's just, it's ignored because it's not in the entitlements. So I had written oh, an error message. I didn't know that. Fun fact. Thanks. Fun fact. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, because that's the thing is I told the person on the GitHub issue, I said, oh, just give me full access. Yeah. And he's like, doesn't <laughs> work. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah. fascinating. I would have thought because that, I, yeah, I didn't know. Thank your you. app is your app is not entitled. <laughs> Fun fact. Now, if you're debugging locally and you're sure. not in sandbox mode, I'm like, oh, this is all this stuff. So I had put a little error message that said, oh, you don't have access to this folder. Go give full disk access. And then the Apple tester was like, and let me refer you to segment four, section 18, paragraph two of the Apple guidelines that sandbox apps may not blah, 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 except for these. I was like, oh, crap. Okay, I need to remove that verbiage. So I think you can do it, but I think it's one of those rare edge cases where they're like, ah, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, let's put it this way. I was willing to learn all this crazy NSURL security stuff just to avoid that conversation with Apple support. Plus, I didn't want to break the security model. Although it's a pain in the butt to use, I think we opened the show with, we both like the sandbox. Um, Mm -hmm. 
it causes me a lot of consternation. And there's a lot of apps that would be a lot easier to write without it. But overall, it's a good it's a good thing for the industry and all that. I do believe that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whatever deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, learning these things to me are like fun ish. And now, now that I know it, I'm like, okay, like I definitely now can go off and figure out how to do this thing. It is a little bit of that native code that you yeah. have to write and get in there and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it is right now. I need to do some more testing. I, I did get someone that the person in test flight. So the, the person actively is testing it, which is kind of cool, awesome. you know? Yeah, I was like, uh, he's like, I'm going to test all the bits in this. And they found a bug already with it, which nice. I'm not sure. Well, probably because I'm not using NS file manager, which, by the way, is not a great API. Let me no, just tell you. No, it's confusing, too. Every the, time I use it, you you it takes like an enum of what you want to do to that file. <laughs> and it's so confusing. Yeah, I have to read bad. the docs every time. What were you going to complain about? <laughs> the the method to delete a file is called remove. And it just bugs the crap out of me. So Unixy, RM. RM, remove. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. If you made it this far, one, you're a hero. Two, <laughs> we're going to be celebrating our 300th podcast. And you can participate live. We'll be live streaming on my YouTube. But additionally, you can send in a video, a snippet, a question, a topic, anything by going to mergeconflict.fm, hitting the contact button. You can drop us a link to anywhere those files are located and let us know um, what you want to do. We'll be playing back some of those clips if selected live on the podcast. So you have a few weeks, write in, go do the thing. We'd appreciate it. Go to mergeconflict.fm, tweet at us on the Twitters and do all the things. But that is going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.